Welcome to our third instalment of the Westminster Impact, a new podcast series dedicated to alumni, friends and supporters all around the world, where each episode we attempt to spotlight a single area where our institution or the people who've passed through its gates have had a positive impact on the society we live in. Past episodes have seen us traverse our COVID-19 response and covered the stratospheric rise of the Westminster Working Cultures Programme. And this time, <clears throat> we're focusing on one of Westminster's greatest strengths, our commitment to enterprise and the support of young, budding entrepreneurs who are given the opportunity to learn their trade and the nuances of business development in our university. We all understand that now more than ever, these students are entering a merciless market where business ideas must be resilient to change. This is why Brett interviewed Sheila Burungi from the Creative Enterprise Centre, soon to be the Student Enterprise Centre, and former student and fashion entrepreneur Mani Michaela Fuller to discuss how the CEC is serving the entrepreneurial talent at Westminster by providing critical business incubation services. Meanwhile, Amar caught up with Amir, Amir Hashmi that is, CEO of Jar international cloud computing service provider and Westminster alumnus who shared his life in business, the challenges he has faced and provides some gems of knowledge for those thinking about taking a leap in starting their own business. It's worth mentioning that Amit actually reached out to us after listening to one of our impact episodes and wanted to take the opportunity to offer his own experiences on this platform. If you, if you, like Amir, would like to share a story or be featured or involved in a future episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Westminster Impact podcast and fire us an email at our dedicated inbox at impact-podcast at westminster.ac.uk. With such a wide array of listeners, you never know who might be inspired or affected by your input. But now it is time to focus on enterprise and how Westminster is making a disruptive an innovative difference to the business world. So I am now joined by two very special guests who have in their own way experienced what Westminster has to offer in regards to our outstanding entrepreneurial expertise. So joining us from the Creative Enterprise Centre is Sheila Burungi, current centre and entrepreneurship manager and fashion design graduate of the class of 2018, Mekala Fuller, who has benefited from the guidance of the centre and been nominated for the Big Idea Challenge this year. So thank you for both joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Brett. You're more than welcome. Okay, so first, Sheila, do you want to kick us off um, and introduce us to the Creative Enterprise Centre and perhaps your involvement in the outfit and what makes it stand out as special when compared to, say, other university enterprise programmes? Sure. Um, so the Creative Enterprise Centre, or soon to be called Student Enterprise Centre, um, as we are rebranding, um, is an entrepreneurship and student innovation hub at the university and our mission is to foster a culture of inclusive um, enterprise and entrepreneurship um, amongst students and across the whole university and we do that by delivering a program of loads of workshops and master classes most of them industry or expert led providing one-to-one support in terms of business advice, um, running competitions such as the Big Idea um, competition that you just mentioned and loads and loads of other things. Um, But really the focus is in 
really supporting and encouraging and enabling students uh, as well as graduates to pursue entrepreneurial skills development and that could be for employment um, or also for starting their own um, viable businesses or establishing self-employed careers. Um, that's what we do and myself I am as you said the student enterprise manager or centre manager and my role is designing the program so kind of designing the big picture of what it is we're going to do every year and making sure that we meet the objectives um, that are set for us by the university and kind of our key stakeholders or our partners, um, most of them coming through your team actually, Brett. Mm -hmm. um, and what makes us different is, I think what really makes us different from the beginning um, when we started three years ago was we intended to do things very differently, to look different, to sound different and also really inclusivity is a big part of it. Um, in my previous role, I came from a very kind of tech focused accelerator business support side of things. And that is the same case for most other universities. There's a huge focus on finding the next big invention. Mm, yeah. Um, and if you think of like the big universities that we hear in the entrepreneurship space and they're great, but they really focus on those big high value technology type of thing yeah. which is great but actually if you look at the economy if you look at the stats um the uk economy relies on small to medium enterprises that's what that is the foundation of the uk economy and those are the biggest employers as well and we kind of said well let's focus on that let's focus on someone who wants to just build a business that works a business that delivers products and services that are clear for a customer and also of course we do want to find you know the next big unicorn but that's not our be all and end all mm. um and also just making sure that the people that we're supporting and we're lucky with Westminster that we just have such a diverse student community anyway is like that's the big part of it is that it's diverse absolutely yeah versus the typical person that you see on a poster of being a successful entrepreneur um so I think that's what makes us different that's brilliant. And obviously that ties into the whole university strategy of employability anyway for our students to try to reach as many as possible, not just the few who have those world beating ideas. So that's fantastic. OK, so um, now we know a little bit more about the centre. Um, firstly, what drew um, you to it, creating your own business, Michaela? And, and secondly, how was the CEC able to help you build your business concept at the beginning? Okay, so I studied fashion design. Um, I've always wanted to be a fashion designer since, you know, I was a little kid. And my plan after graduating was to, you know, get a job, work in the industry for a few years. But as I spent time interning and working in the industry, I realised how awful certain aspects of the fashion industry are. Yeah. And... I mean, there's no reason for it to be that way. Um, fashion is, you know, really exploitative and it's really... And I just thought there's a better way. I know it's possible, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to prove it. So um, as soon as I graduated, I had the opportunity to meet a guy who was setting up a new shop in um, city centre in London. And, you know, he really liked my designs and my whole ethos. And he said, like, can I stock your pieces in two months time? So I was like, um, yes, of course. Really <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, OK, going to have to start this business now then. Um, so I kind of came to the CEC in a slightly backwards way. Um, 
I sort of figured out how to set up and register and everything uh, myself over that summer. And then at the beginning of the autumn term, I just happened to see an email um, from the CC about a pop-up shop that they were organising. So I thought, great, I'll apply to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since I already had some products, I actually got selected for that. And then through the pop-up scheme, I became involved with the CEC activities. So part of the pop-up shop scheme, there was a whole series of different workshops and um, masterclasses on one-to-one sessions yeah. to prepare myself and the other um, selected applicants for you know setting up a shop and actually selling our products. It was very um, retail product oriented. Mm. And so through those workshops, I just got more and more involved with the CEC and it was just invaluable to me because my um, my degree was very creative and it was amazing. It really pushed me like I know exactly what I want to do sure. creatively, but I have absolutely none of the business background, didn't have any business knowledge or understanding. So this is a whole new world to me. And really that support has been invaluable that's absolutely fantastic so it kind of ended up coming to you that you ended up having the concept the theory and then you ended up building the practicality like afterwards yeah development that's that's fantastic yeah I I didn't know about the CEC while I was studying um but if I had I'm sure I would have got involved a lot sooner and I've been spreading the word now it's how wonderful it is and so Sheila since you've been at the centre for almost three years now, what developments have you seen from joining the university? Um, and how has the centre developed into uh, supporting these students whilst uh, the nature of the business world is always changing, always shifting? Um, from an internal point of view, um, we've kind of rapidly grown since we started so as you said three years um when we first started as a center um I always remember this um I had just kind of flown in because I used to work abroad and then literally the morning after arriving came and I had this document so the QHT funded the CUC initially and it, it just had this list of like these bullet points of like these are the key indicators that we want but there was no real this is how we're going to do it and then I met Paul, Paul, who's like amazing, like so many ideas come out of Paul. And we were like, right, okay, let's do this. And then from that, it was essentially a two-person team. And we've grown into having a small but growing team. We support something like over 1,000 students in some sort of way. We've That's done, incredible. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We run, um, this year we're scheduled to deliver 87 workshops alone across the year last year we had about 100 we run like we do the pop-up the comp the big idea competition which is sponsored by Santander um we are launching a really exciting program this year yeah we do there's so much that has happened over the past three years there's been loads of development and really positive development and engagement as well from students um as well when we started not many students knew about who we were or what we did or how we could work with them. Now that's improving quite a lot, but there's still a lot, long way to go with that. But as we grow into the Student Enterprise Centre, and the reason that is, is because the creative part of 
being called creative enterprise center puts a lot of students off because yes. they assume that it's only something for people who do creative yeah. create yeah. courses but now we're like no it, this is a service and this is something for all students and graduates so that will be a big shift in terms of engagement and support mm. um then in terms of how we support businesses in to evolve with the world in terms of industry changing um kind of for instance let's take covid um when covid hit in march um it was a big hit to us but also the small businesses that were supporting like makers and then we had to kind of okay how do you i mean this is the whole point of why we exist is being a support system to our biz, to our to the small businesses we support founded by our students yeah. um in getting them through these periods of time figuring it out mm. and that was done by we we relied on slack a lot we started doing those virtual zoom meetups that we used to do once a week just to check in um our mentors so we bring in industry mentors to work with our um students and businesses to kind of give them that first hand industry insight help them build their networks within industry and just stay connected to what's actually going on in that space um yeah so i think it's it's evolving and it's the great thing that's helped us as a team is that we're very agile and everything that we do has to be relevant to what's going on in industry sure and, and it sounds it sounds like your kind of size is small but the impact is great like you know you're able to make a a huge kind of impact on on so many students in different ways by being that support network whether it's kind of small scale or or from the very ground up like in Mekala's um uh, example so actually just touching on that um you've mentioned CEC's work whilst your business was in development and we've also just obviously Sheila's just been discussing there about supporting students when they go into uh, the kind of next phase um, when they do actually have their product and, and they are kind of building it but what has been the um, impact of the CEC since you've since you've graduated now um, Mikala, and, 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 and that bridge into the into the workplace? I didn't really understand, you know, how to do things like customer research, market research, how to like figure out how to approach marketing and find my customers. Like I knew there were customers out there. Like I knew it just myself, but I didn't know how to prove that, how to show that, how to find them. Um, and also I didn't, you know, understand things like the customer journey and, necessarily how to approach you know potential stockists and how to create brand awareness mm-hmm. so it was really all of that that side of things that the CEC helped me with um and also then the more I guess boring stuff the things like um like contracts and legal issues yeah. uh, intellectual property rights and then like accounting and taxes I you know only had a very vague understanding of what I would need to do so I found those sessions incredibly helpful and I think actually for me since I had already actually started selling I think I found them the sessions much more practical and I sort of understood the importance of them compared to maybe some of the others who were still trying to um, develop their concept and hadn't got to the stage of dealing with you know the the real, the daily practicalities of running the business. 
Absolutely. And uh, just off topic, but I'm, I'm desperate to know, do you reckon your business would be where it is now without the CEC's help? Absolutely not. No. I mean, without the CEC, I'd probably still be making, you know, pretty clothes by myself, but having no idea what to do with them. <laughs> there you go. There's a plug for you there, Sheila. Yeah, that, uh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. There you go. Um, OK, so obviously one of the things that um, Michaela has touched on um has been being involved in and I was even lucky enough to be invited to which was the the big idea competition that you've mentioned that's supported by Santander and run by the centre so Sheila can you just tell us a little bit more about this event and its purpose and its design um and McCallum perhaps you can jump in and explain why it's important that these events still remain in the calendar for for students and alumni alike um so yeah big idea competition um it is two years old now I think we're about to kickstart the third year of running the competition and the focus is okay so we do all these workshops as um and kind of different business support elements that Makala has just talked about um then we're like okay well what's the end how do we showcase that how do you celebrate how do you give people who are not involved in what we do on a day-to-day basis at the CEC or course leaders that might not see the outcomes of it. How do we showcase and celebrate the entrepreneurial potential and the businesses being created by students? And that's the big idea challenge. So every, um, a student or graduate as well can apply, submit a two minute video pitch um, outlining what their idea is, if they're at concept stage, so they're yet to start trading or if they're trading, they can um, enter the acceleration category and then mm-hmm. talk about their business and what their aims for growth are and how likely they are to grow. Um, and based on that, we shortlist them down to finalists um, of which Makala was one. And we have like a big sort of party this time, this year it was virtual where they all pitch um, their business is very Dragon's Den style um, in front of a panel of judges and the judges select a winner. And kind of very fortunately, the awarded to those that win and all finalists actually is funded by Santander Universities. Um, But really also a part as well as getting those prizes and the experience of pitching, it's the workshops that we run as part of the boot camp in the lead up to the final, where we bring people in from industry to run um, kind of intensive sessions on how to pitch how to do your financial modeling how Mm. to make sure your go-to-market strategy is right etc and also how to package your business or idea from the lens of an investor in terms of what an investor would want to hear Mm. Uh, so yeah that's the big idea competition it's grown with each year I'm hoping it continues to grow and it's it's really great because it's the it's an opportunity for someone like you Brett because you attend the final to actually see the product absolutely um, of everything that's going on yeah it was eye-opening I couldn't believe like the kind of um, different ideas that these people have brought and as you'd said as well like there's two separate categories as well for the development along the way and it's not just a kind of pretty award ceremony where we pat each other on the back as you said there's a really strong educational like ethos and core to it with that kind of intensive um, sessions as well they that you know when I when I found out that you were running this boot camp as well that was that was remarkable and I think it made it really different really special so um, yeah I mean Mekalo, did you want to jump in and just explain why, why why is this important? Why did it matter to you that you were involved in it? Yeah, I want to say that I, um, although, you know, personally, I actually hate taking 
terrifying to me to have yeah. to pitch the 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 way that it's structured with the workshops and the boot camp in the run up to it and that constant refining your idea refining your pitch figuring out how to explain your idea to different people you know your peers your mentors uh you, you know potential investors that is amazing practice and mm. through participating in these competitions you gain the the confidence and the experience you really get to understand your own business better and see how people to respond to it which is incredibly useful because then obviously you can change bits tweak things and you know you might end up with a better business or a better product or a better service at the end of it but then also the fact that it's it's structured as a competition that outside judges are brought in you get to make really amazing connections mm. and so through and participating in you know the the regular competitions and pitching events both the CEC organized ones and external competitions um like I've also taken part in the mayor of London's entrepreneur award um the Santander universities what's it called yeah, Santander's University Emerging Entrepreneurs Award. That's it. Um, <laughs> so through through taking part in these pitching competitions, I have met a lot of industry experts and also you know, potential investors, as well as building up my own network of fellow entrepreneurs. Some of whom I've then you know gone on to collaborate with or bounce ideas off. So it's really invaluable. Mm. And I guess also like it's daunting because you're almost putting your your brainchild, your kind of baby in front of people who could just tear it apart. But also that that can that that criticism, that constructive criticism, hopefully only makes it stronger and more kind of viable to survive in the in the market when, when you put it forward. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's kind of like a trial trial um, for, for your ideas as well. And OK, so finally, it would be lovely for you to just explain um, you've already mentioned, Sheila, that you're going to change the name of the CEC uh, to make it fit in with kind of the expansion of uh, of, of obviously more than just creative um, enterprises and, and try and capture more of those students and alumni as well. But what else what else is in the future of the CEC? Can you continue to expand? Um, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the aim is to grow and really grow in the sense I think we pretty much do a lot already but it's growing the engagement and growing the number of students and the broadness of students from across the university engaging with all our different activities for sure that is the focus going forward mm. and being the student enterprise center will help with that we also want to move towards greater embedding within the curriculum so much of what we do is extracurricular but we want to move towards embedding a lot of our activities within courses um, because a lot of course leaders have picked up how valuable the skills that students build by getting involved with the things that we do and how valuable that is not only for, for the course, but also for their employability as well. Mm. Um, but then kind of the one thing I would probably highlight that I'm most excited that we're launching or a new thing that we're doing um, is called the Pioneer Programme. So we launched mm -hmm. that in, actually the week after next um, and it is all about kind of diversity and inclusion within entrepreneurship. 
So we are working with an organization called Foundervine, and we want to build a pre-accelerator program for underrepresented students and graduate entrepreneurs, helping them go from idea to viable business within nine weeks. Um, wow. Okay. But also with that is if they don't want to, yes, at the end of it, they'll have a business model that is viable. They'll be um, they'll be meeting loads of investors, so loads of investor office hours as part of that program. They'll also get a mentor um, match to them to support them and provide coaching and then loads of workshops. And then we have a big demo day that ends with where they do pitch and present what they've built in that program. Um, but a lot, a big part of it is bringing industry in. So we're bringing in diverse business leaders, people who are successful, because a lot of, mm -hmm. as I said at the beginning, a lot of what you see in entrepreneurship isn't actually representative. Um, the typical person you see looks a certain way, whereas actually what we want is to show our students and graduates, no, actually there is a place for someone who looks like you, for someone who comes um, from a background like yours to be successful, to be celebrated. Mm, mm. People have done it, but here they are. They're coming in to coach you, to mentor you. Um, so, yeah, that's the one thing I'm super excited about. Um, that's fantastic. This year. Yeah. That's um, absolutely brilliant. And finally from you then, um, Nicola. So we really heard about your amazing business and how inspiring it is that you want to make this change into the sector as well and show how it can be done. What do you expect now from the future in these uncertain times? And if you did want to say anything to any student or alumni who, like yourself, maybe didn't know about the CC or the SEC, as it's now going to be known, going forward, um, what would you say to them wishing to engage with it? And why, why does it matter that they should? Okay, so um, this year, no, my business, my brand, Money Maker, we've actually seen amazing growth, um, despite the circumstances, despite the massive shock that fashion as a whole has had. Uh, that the pandemic has had to fashion as a whole. Um, Moneymaker has really been consistently uh, selling and we're really happy about that. Um, I haven't really explained what it is that we do, but Moneymaker is a fashion brand that combines aesthetics and ethics. So um, we make really colourful, bold, joyful clothing and that are manufactured responsibly. So we partner with um, social enterprises and we have a partner in India called Sahili Women, which is a, a women's collective out in the middle of the desert in uh, Rajasthan. And so when, you know, the lockdown started here and then there was also a lockdown in India, we were quite worried because we didn't know what was going to happen. But I think that the impact of the pandemic has actually made people, consumers across the world, a lot more aware of where their products come from and you know in conjunction with other social movements like the Black Lives Matter there's been this real um, demand for change and for transparency and I mean I'm really glad that's that's something that we have you know predicted would happen and it mm. and the pandemic has just accelerated that so I think customers are starting to realize and engage more and more and so we hope that that consciousness will just grow. Um, my hope for Moneymaker is that we can expand and partner with other similarly socially focused um, manufacturer, manufacturing and supplier partners across India, as I have um, family there, and mm -hmm. you know across the world eventually. Um, That's fantastic. 
In terms of my advice to um, other students, I would say if you are thinking about starting a business or working for yourself like a freelancer, figure out what it is that you're really passionate about and make that your strength. Um, there's like there's a million other fashion brands out there, but I believe that Moneymaker, we do something special and I'm passionate about it. So that's why we are succeeding. We're going to continue to succeed. That's terrific. And CZ's there to to support you in that. Yeah. They almost kind of enable that. You know, as long as you've got that drive, that passion, they can they can be, give you the tools for everything else. Exactly. So. You've got to have that passion. You can learn you can learn the business skills to go along with it. And that is exactly what the CEC is there to help you with. Terrific. That's brilliant. Okay. Uh, so thank you again to you both. I wish you all the best for the centre. Um, and if you are listening, do want to get involved or want to know more about the um, SEC or the CEC, um, do contact um, cec-info at westminster.ac.uk um, to get more involved um, and to perhaps even offer your services to the centre's incredible incubation programmes um, and some of these in, uh, great projects that they have on the way, like the, the Pioneers programme that you've got coming up um, and helping get businesses more resilient and fit for today's market. Um, and also want to wish um, Mikola your all the success for your business going forward. So thank you again to both of you. Thank, thank you. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you. Huge thank you to alumnus Amir Hashmi for joining us on the podcast. Um, before we get started, Amir, would you like to give us a brief introduction? of yourself to our listeners yeah hi Amar uh really nice to to be to be here and for you guys to have me yeah my name's uh, Amir Hashmi and I'm the CEO of Jar Limited which is a um a cloud and technology company based in central London and would you like to tell us about your time at Westminster and like your journey since then yeah, so um, <clears throat> Westminster University was was really great. I studied um, multimedia computing at Westminster in the mid to late nineties. Um, we had a great time. I was I was based at Northwick Park. We had a few we had a few um, lectures in Newcav as well, mm-hmm. and um, I found I found the quality of the teachers of of the lecturers sorry were you know really really good. We we made some really good friends in some of the lecturers. Um, we learned a lot uh, on the practical side of computing, and um, you know I must say that you know I I got you know I've got a lot of my inspiration from some of the lecturers that we mm-hmm. had, um, uh, and some of the modules that we learned were were quite new and cutting edge. So we you yeah. know we were doing AI and intelligent agents and things back then. Mm-hmm. So so some of the things that we covered really kind of fed ideas to me and and kind of still kind of inspire kind of what I do today as well, which is which was great. <clears throat> and I made some really good friends, you know, made yeah. some really good friends and we're still, we're still in touch. That always helps. <laughs> yeah, it always helps, you know, made some really good friends and, you know, from work work and just personal friends. And um, yeah, it's been, it, it was a really, really positive, positive um, time that I spent there. You know, we really got good, fond memories of it. Yeah, it sounds like what they were teaching at the time was quite ahead of the curve, I think. If you were saying... Uh, in the sort of mid to late nineties, and yeah, you know, it was all about AI, and I suppose these things that we hear about so much nowadays. But I think to know that it was being taught, you know, even back then, um, I guess it was quite ahead of the curve. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, AI has been around for a long, long time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's seen it's seen kind of practical uses dip, you know, come come in and, and go out, kind of go in go in fashion, come out of fashion as well. And mm -hmm. um, but you know, we 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 learned some good practical kind of um uh, uses for it back then, which is which was cool. Um, it's still, you know, it still wasn't used in a big way for for a long time. Not not certainly not in the kind of uh, the wider world. Um, yeah. It was quite niche. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, learning that stuff at that point in in your life at university mm -hmm. is important because it opens up your mind oh, to, to, to you know to you know to the ideas that we have, the creativity that that we want to have or that yeah. we kind of strive to achieve comes from learning about the unknown and 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 this and stuff when i say stuff in inverted commas that that's not popular you mm -hmm. know um in in the practical world no. uh, that, that allows us to think um which is which is you know hugely important hugely 100 no, yeah. so as you mentioned you're the founding ceo of jar so would you like to give us a bit of um sort of like the backstory i guess of how jar came about yeah so um <clears throat> jar came about um <clears throat> In a, well, it came about because I, I I kind of always wanted to to run my own business. I always aspired to that. My father my father ran his own business um, after after working uh, for for much of his life. He ran his business, and I helped him. and um, And I kind of always wanted to run my own business. Yeah. And I started working, you know, straight straight after university. I was lucky enough to go straight into a a mm -hmm. really good job for a big kind of German. Um, media company yeah. and um and i and i worked during the dot-com days okay, so the, yeah. you know the dot-com days uh, as as many people will either know or will have read up about were mm. you know were, there was a big boom in tech in particular yeah. and um and i i was lucky enough to to work for a really good boss who 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 i i suppose i impressed and he he took me round to wherever he went. He took me with him, <laughs> and um, you know he paid me well, and and we we had a really good time, and we built some yeah. really good companies. So I learned a lot in a very concentrated amount of time. Yeah, um, and I was exposed to lots of different roles. I was ex exposed to business as well as tech um, yeah. and management, and 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 then. As you as you know, the the dot com bubble burst. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. and um, you know the days of greed of the dot com, you know, greed were kind of over. Mm -hmm. And um, and at that point, um, I was lucky enough to be able to start Jar mm -hmm. uh, because uh, because of the the the, the helping. We helped as much as possible, but unfortunately, that company didn't didn't survive the dot com. Kind of, uh, uh, bubble, mm -hmm. um, and and like I said, I was I was lucky enough to start Jar with uh, some with a few friends that, that joined me at the time, <clears throat> and we had a we had a we we had a customer, uh, but we started in a basement. You know, when we didn't start with with any kind of seed, you know, seed investment or anything. Mm -hmm. No, um, uh, we you know started it with my own money. Yeah, um, not much money, um, but uh, but with a little bit of money, and we started in a basement. Mm -hmm. and um and it all just went along from there really um it was a really really interesting time really exciting you know when you look back at it it was really you know it's really exciting when at the time you're a bit scared um because you, you don't know what's going to be happening within you know six months for example but right. uh, 
but that's how we came about. Yeah, we started in the basement. A uh, few of us, we started doing development projects and we started hosting. So there was no such thing as cloud back then. No. <laughs> we were hosting. So it was physical servers. Um, and, and yeah, we, we put some put some money together and started up. And we had we had one customer to begin with. And, and we kind of went from there. That sounds really good. I mean, I said, listening to what you just said, it, it seems like, you know, it was kind of like the right place at the right time. Um, from like a technological, I guess, standpoint in terms of where technology had got up to and where it was kind of heading um, in terms of, like, you know, setting up Jar and I guess eventually what it goes on to do. But saying that, do you want to just give us a bit of a summary about what Jar does and how it's kind of evolved over time? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you're 100% right. It was, I mean, just going back to your point, it was, it was definitely the kind of right place, right time kind of moment. You know, in terms of the the skill sets, I mean, I I, I personally had picked up you know a load of these skills, uh, you know, during while I was working, and um, and we happened to be the right place, at the right time to pick up like our our initial customer that that really obviously helped things move along. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I set up I set up the company to do two things uh, back then, and that was to to do development projects and to to do hosting, mm. and um, if we kind of fast forward to now, then we're we're, we're kind of the same thing. Um, you know, the the tech the tech industry has is, is, has moved along and changed, and it's always changing. Yeah, you know, it's always changing. It's always evolving. And and the key word that I use with tech, especially with cloud, mm-hmm. and even with development, is abstraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So over the years, um, you you know everything has has just been abstracted and abstracted. So I'll give you a quick example, and I won't get, I won't get too techy, but <laughs> I don't mind. I'm a techie, so okay, that's, that's good. And hopefully, some of, some of your listeners are techies, and, yeah. and even if you're not a techie, this this hopefully will will help, right? But um, you know, like I said, back in the back in the days when we set up, when I set up Jar, we we started hosting. Now we start started hosting on physical servers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you you know you wanted to run something, you'd have to have a physical server just like the kind of desktop computer, similar to the desktop computer. Yeah. And you'd run, you'd run your applications on that, your website or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then along came something called virtualization, which, which was software that let you split up that server. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you could run multiple servers in inverted commas mm-hmm. on that physical box. Mm-hmm. And that allowed for scalability and more efficient use of hardware. Um, and then, you know, cloud has come along, which is based on virtualization and has just allowed allowed us to, to, to really scale uh, mm. the kind of computing power that we've got. The same thing has kind of happened with development as well, because back in the day, you'd write code that would run on, you know, your, your chips on your, on your oh, yeah. PC, for example. Um, uh, but, but now, you, you know, you, you kind of you load in modules that people have written already yeah. and you sew them together to make an application. So, you know, we've, we've seen constant abstraction. So, so if we, like I said, if we fast forward from from when I started the company to now, mm. we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're still developing software and we're still hosting, yeah. but we're doing cloud. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So we built, so so about Jar, we built our own cloud, which yeah. is which is global. Mm-hmm. Um, it runs um, in in various countries around the world. Yeah, um, it's very similar to AWS or Azure. Oh, yeah. if, your listeners have heard of that, and I'm sure you've heard of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite as big, yeah, uh, but you know, <laughs> not quite as big. But you know, we we do, you know, we, we're we're Azure and uh, AWS partners, but at mm-hmm. the same time, there is competition, so we do take business from them as well. Yeah, um, uh, and and we still do development. 
all but the development that we do, we we concentrate on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we used to do customer projects. So we'd build applications, at, yep. you know, mobile apps and web services. Mm-hmm. But now we, we focus and we focus on something very important. And, and I'm going to come on to this later, hopefully, when we yep. talk about business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is to build value for ourselves. I see. Yeah. 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 So, so the key thing is, is that we want to. Do, so, so the the cloud platform that I mentioned to you that we've got globally, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, our development teams have have built the software that that runs that cloud platform. I see. Yeah. So, so rather than you know get paid to develop someone else's um, kind of platforms, which mm-hmm. is which is fine, which is a great business in itself. If, yeah. You know, if one wants to do that, sure. We, we were lucky again. We were lucky. We've been lucky enough to be able to. Get our developers and teams to 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 develop our own product. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess um, that allows you to be like more well self sufficient in a way. I guess if you've got something of your own rather than relying on. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, again, you know, I mentioned earlier about you know how you know I really we really had some inspiring kind of lecturers at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the big things I took away from university and my A levels at, at sixth form as well um, was that. I wanted to be more of an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say lead, not not not, I didn't actually want to be a leader, but I wanted to lead in terms of of technology and yeah. innovation, mm-hmm. as opposed to follow. Yeah, I didn't I want to just follow the trend. You know, if yeah. if Microsoft's a trend, just follow Microsoft. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of uh, try and lead ourselves. So in in our small way, in our very small way, we've kind of managed to do that. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. So in terms of sorry, so in terms of the services that we run, so we run, you know, we run people's applications, uh, you know, most mostly mostly in the UK. Most of our businesses in the UK, but we do obviously have an international presence. So you know, we run multinational um, uh, uh, contact centers, for example. So there's there's if you're running a contact center, you need software to run yeah. that contact center. So we run these, we run all the connectivity for those contact centers. Mm-hmm. We we host um, SaaS companies, so so many many of the services that we're used to using, um, we've got something to do with, <clears throat> in terms of the the kind of infrastructure, the cloud infrastructure, um, and then we we do some some of the more kind of uh, popular terms nowadays, such as DevOps. Mm-hmm. We run DevOps for for various firms, large and small, mm-hmm. uh, and we do um, we also have a little consultancy practice as well. So we'll go in and kind of do an audit and then health check on people's clouds. Yeah, uh, cloud infrastructure and kind of best practice and security. So I guess having a cloud-based platform pretty much opens you up to pretty much the whole globe. Then really, doesn't it? Because it's not necessarily just focused in one place. Absolutely, it does. It absolutely does, and and that that brings excitement as well as challenges, right? So because yeah. you know, like like you said, you know, us being global with our cloud platform means that we can, in theory operate um and and service a you know a, a company or, or or an organization it doesn't have to be a company it can be an organization um you know a not-for-profit organization a mm-hmm. charity a government agency anywhere in the world yeah and we and, and we do do that we're doing more of that now mm-hmm. and and while whilst that's exciting it's also it also brings its challenges in the sense that we have to we have to be okay with all the legal um potential you know legal issues that potential yeah. legal issues as yeah. well as you know how to do business as well as currency fluctuation sure. yeah uh, taking payments and things which is exciting i like you know i like it it's, it's a good challenge it's, yeah. it's good to learn all this stuff keeps you on your feet <laughs> absolutely it does yeah absolutely <laughs> brilliant so i know you mentioned before you know when you set up jar um it was you and some of your friends 
Um, so do you want to just kind of briefly go through the early days of, you know, how it was, what it was like to actually get off the, off the ground with Shah? Yeah. So, you know, I've, <clears throat> again, I, I was kind of lucky, you know, that my, my father gave me some, some good advice on, on how to kind of, uh, start the business up. So for example, you know, if you, if you've never done this before, so one, one thing that, and this isn't a criticism of the university of Westminster because the university of Westminster has been great. But but I think a, a general criticism of most kind of um, education, you know, schools, sixth forms, colleges, as well as universities in general, mm-hmm. is that um, without without you searching for it, you, you don't really get get much advice with regards to being well, not you know, being an entrepreneur, starting mm-hmm. your own business, yeah. the real way you know businesses work. Um, you know the practicalities. Yeah. Um, unless you search for it. Now, you know, I've been I've been out of I've been out of uh, you know kind of university life for some time. So so and 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 you know the 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 young people I know I, I meet a lot of young people I, I mm-hmm. kind of mentor a lot of people I help them and you know they do tell me that things have improved. Mm-hmm. They get they get better advice. But certainly back when I was at university, it wasn't it wasn't easy to find unless you knew where to find it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. So I was lucky enough to get, you know, get some advice from my father and various people on how to run a business, how, you know, the practicalities of, of just opening a company, yeah, yeah. a limited company, you know, accountants and all that stuff, which is all, which are all items that you, you need to, to start a, a business. You can create a company online, it's fine, but you, you will ultimately need an accountant to help you. Oh, yeah. All the basic uh, infrastructure, I guess, isn't it? Exactly. Right exactly. today, yeah. Exactly. And then, and then there are other items and practicalities with regards to running, running a company like you need insurance, for example, and, mm-hmm. and, and you need advice on what kind of levels of insurance yeah. uh, you need. Right. Because yeah. um, depending on the industries that you're working in, you might need you, you, you might you, you might need certain levels of professional indemnity and public liability and things. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. So, so starting up was, was was it was still daunting because obviously I was used to working and, and getting my salary. Mm-hmm. I was I just got married a year before starting the company so i was i was <laughs> i i knew that i needed to earn yeah. um, uh so yeah that that was that was a bit worrying but uh, but, but like no said, pressure. You, know, you know again we, we we had a customer so so we knew we knew we had some cash flow which was great mm-hmm. and cash flow is king for for any for any small business yeah. and especially a fledgling young business uh you know cash flow is, is the thing that normally takes people out mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so we had some cash flow, and um, and and you know, I've 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 always been interested in business. So, so I was I've always kind of read up um, things with regards to like Michael Porter, for example, mm. who's from Harvard. You know, read up value chain um, theory and 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 competitive um, competitive um, analysis. Uh, uh, you know, I've always kind of been interested in that stuff. So, so, so I've tried to tried to put that. Put, put that kind of thinking through the company but yeah you know <clears throat> actually starting the company wasn't terribly difficult the the technicalities but you know um actually managing people and managing suppliers managing uh the client which mm-hmm. was which was probably the, the steepest learning curve for me mm-hmm. was was actually managing clients and um and understanding what what what's driving them you know it's not always cost yeah it's no. not headaches that, that that clients have and you have to try and hone in on those kind of headaches and and, and understand what really is you know what what's really going to help them mm-hmm. um 
and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, yeah, the, that's the that's the key thing. Key thing for us is to help clients, and 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 I think that when we when when we started when we started up, that was uh, the thing that the 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 item I suppose that that made us learn the most. Yeah, um, you know, what, what's really pushing these uh, clients to do what they're doing, and how mm-hmm. can we help them? So, you know, as you've like touched on your experience of starting up Mishar and, you know, how you've successfully started your own business and it's, you know, been thriving, you know, as technology's involved, the company's, you know, kind of evolved alongside it. So what advice would you give to any young entrepreneurs who are, you know, looking to start their business? That where, would, where should they start? What kind of things should they look out for as they're, you know, embarking on starting up their own business? Yeah, so that that's a that's a really good question. You know, when when people want to start their own business, um, you know, they they normally have uh, they normally have a, a good idea of of what the business should do. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know the one of the most important things that, that that you know everyone should do is is be realistic about not only what the business should do, but yeah. but is there actually a requirement for it? Yeah. Is there a uh, you know is there is there a market for it um, and how much money can you make from it? Um, and 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 you know, business isn't just about you know earning money as fast as we can or earning the most amounts of profit mm-hmm. uh, that we can. I, I don't believe, at least, I know many people do, but I believe businesses is about is about benefiting one another mm-hmm. and we profit from that benefit. Definitely. So, so you know, we talked about value earlier, and, mm-hmm. and it's about creating value. And value can be tangible and it can be, you know, intangible. So, you know, it's some some benefit you can see, you know, in front of you. You can hold it, you can touch it, you can feel it. Some benefit you can't. So, so when you're when when you're looking to start your own business, if you want to be like an entrepreneur, then um, it's very important to be real about uh, about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think subject matter is very important. So, for example, if we've studied computing or if we've studied law, if we've studied physics or maths. And we, we've got an idea um, uh, uh, that, that's centered around the subject that we've studied. That's mm-hmm. great because it means that we're subject matter experts. Yep. Um, but but what, what's just as important um, is to study business. Oh, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, so, totally. So, yeah. <laughs> so if, we're, if we're studying maths, right, or we're studying physics, we, you know, we're, we're great. Yeah? We, we know our moles, right? And we, mm-hmm. we know all our calculations and, you know, that's great, but but we, we have to study business and understand how business works. It's, it's you know obviously it's a, it's a field in itself. Mm-hmm. So 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 what I'm getting at is that if we want to be entrepreneurs, we have to put in the extra time and the extra effort mm-hmm. to educate ourselves, to talk to other people, to go and do you know go and do work experience for people you know for, for for people if we can obviously yeah uh, you know spend that time you know learning and just seeing how organisations work. You know how how uh, how business works, good and bad, mm-hmm. uh, and you learn from this. And and you know we've all heard of of, of um, uh, you know further education. You can go in, you can go on to do um, an MBA, for example. Yeah. Uh, you know MBAs can be can be great. You know, and they're normally they're normally studied by by us when we've we've worked for a while at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know highly recommended to do an MBA because you, you again you learn so much and you and you create a really good network. Um, the other thing with starting your own business is, is uh, I mentioned earlier about cash flow, right? Yep. Funding. So again, it's um, unless you're in a very lucky position where you can start and you've got a you've got clients that are paying you, the general rule of well, the general thing that I see because I see I see startups, you know, we we get startups and entrepreneurs coming to to us all the time, yeah, 
um, for advice and, and services. Mm-hmm. And the number one, the number one um, problem I see with them is, is actually what I mentioned earlier is that, is that they've, they've, they're smart enough to put together a business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they think is that after one year, they're going to be, you know, in profit um, <laughs> and, and making huge amounts of money. Yeah. And I have to say, I, I, I would say the, the amount of firms that I've seen, that do that are you know in in single digit percentage right yeah, so yeah. you know generally speaking it, it always it always gets to the point where they 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 start up really well and they're, they're excited and they've got they've got a good business model it's not that the business model is not right mm. it's it's more so that they just did not um take into account how much money they needed yeah for items like marketing yeah marketing right. is, is fundamental mm-hmm. You know, marketing, people forget about marketing. They think that sales will come, build it, and they will come. Yeah, it, it's not necessarily the case. Um, you know, and it most most of the time, it's not the case. So, 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 do not underestimate the, one the power of marketing, and two no. how, much, how much money you need to survive no, uh, you know, yeah. to, to get through those first two kind of vital years. Mm-hmm. And and generally speaking, if you can make it through two years, you're yep. you're kind of you're kind. You know, you should be sailing from that point because it means you've got some sort of longevity to to you know to your business. That's true, yeah, because you've probably built up a bit of um, more experience and a bit of a track record, I guess, because you've had customers, exactly. etc. Over like two years, so you you've built a bit more of a reputation in that marketplace, haven't you? Exactly, and 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 you know, a really another really important point, Amar, is mm-hmm. is is um, you know, as as people, as individuals, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I I again this is what i believe and it's done me well anyway and, and you know we have we have a, a concept of of selflessness right mm-hmm. which you get in lots of religions you get in lots of cultures as well yeah. and that is that you know i'll do something for you amor and i and i will not expect a single thing back in return right mm-hmm. you know i i you know i'll, I'll do you a favor or, or you know I'll, I'll i'll even you know give you something or i'll help you with something or i'll give you as a business i'll give you some services sure. but i won't expect anything back in return no. and, and and that's a really important point because as an entrepreneur and as a potential leader you know in business or the community as, mm-hmm. as, as time goes by you you will you will build up a reputation yeah and we all want to have a good reputation definitely and the best way to do that is to is to is to not just show people, but to genuinely be selfless, and yeah. that is really just just help people, you know. So, yeah, no, so if, yeah. if we're if we're twenty four seven concentrating on how much money we can make and yeah. how many cars we can own and you know whatever when we're older, mm-hmm. then then that's that's too single minded. We need to be balanced. Uh, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So you know, you know, it's it's good to help charities. It's good to help just other people. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and 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 you will be surprised that those people and those you know organizations that we help they will mm-hmm. not all of them but you know many of them will will help us when we need that help you know yeah so it's it's a really important point for i think for for young entrepreneurs is not don't just think about yourselves think about others no it's true because i suppose if you've got a strong set of kind of values and your business kind of reflects that then you know that will also help you in good standing because you know, as much as you want your company to be out there, if people recognize you and respect you as an individual, then all, that's also going to contribute to your business's success, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, you know, you're as an entrepreneur, you're the number one salesperson. You yeah. know, as I've grown the business, one of the biggest issues I've had in, in tackling with the business, one of the biggest ones is, is around sales in particular, mm-hmm. because in the young in the younger days, I you know, it was just me selling and 
um, you know, and then you, you build a sales organization, which is fine. But ultimately, if, if you're selling, then you, you, you need to be trustworthy. People need to, you know, they need to have put their trust in you. They need to know that you can deliver and all, and all of that. And that's all, mm -hmm. that's all to do with character, yeah. you know? And, and, and so we, we, we need to be, a, we need to be balanced um, as, a, as an entrepreneur. We need to be balanced and we, and we need to be ourselves and, and, and to be good, um, you know, to be good people, we need, we need to, we need to show um, compassion, selflessness, uh, kindness, as well as, as, as well as, you know, sharpness as, you know, we have to be astute and we have to be um, very, um, <clears throat> very focused as well. Um, but, you know, th these are all, these are all, I think, um, key areas that, 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 you know, young entrepreneurs need to, need to really take into account and, and, and really be balanced. And, and, and that balance comes from, talking to different people and it, it, not just you know not just mingling within your own social circles go out of your comfort zone and meet yeah. other people you know and and meet other people um and i think i think that that is a really good good way to start a business mm -hmm. and, and sorry just one one more important point yeah, sure, yeah. with regards to starting your own business is again you know take care of the you know the the kind of what what might people what some people might call the boring stuff but with regards to you know you know, make sure that you've got, you know, good accountants, um, good finance people behind you. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you look at the, the the kind of legal side of things, depending on what industry you're in and get all of these things sorted. Because, again, sometimes when we don't understand an area, we could we can kind of bury it, bury mm -hmm. it you know, and, and kind of come back to afterwards. But but again, these are these are these are things that can can affect us and, and our business as we go forward. So, for mm -hmm. example, if we if we've kind of if we didn't if we didn't like the sound or we didn't have the time to look into the legal ramifications of what we're doing yeah we carry on and then all of a sudden we get you know we get um hit by you know a lawsuit as you would call it in the states you know then then that can take your business down as well so so don't don't bury your head in the sand there's always someone to help right and, I, and i'm sure you know even the university you know has, has various various avenues and various people that you can speak to with with regards to all these kinds of you know law for example business and all of that that, mm -hmm. that they can seek help from Brilliant. So lastly, um, how has the pandemic affected your and your day-to-day -day operations? Yeah, so, you know, we 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 have uh, an office in, in, in South Ken and, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, mo some of our staff already have, have been working remotely for, for many years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have some staff in Poland and Romania as well as Ireland so 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 th those people have always always been used to working remotely and you know mm -hmm. they'd, come over, they'd, they'd still come over regularly to the office as well mm -hmm. um, so we, we've all been working remotely we, we haven't had any issues with regards to, to to working as you can imagine I mean we're, yeah. a, we're a cloud company so we we, can't, we do practice what we preach so we yeah. never we never <laughs> had any issues with regards to you know getting access to systems yeah. and software platforms and things so so and you know, all right, yeah, we are doing a lot more, obviously, video calls and video conferencing and and, and things like that. So, yeah. um, but but in terms of our operations, we've had absolutely no issues. You know, we've implemented a few things like coffee mornings. So, you mm -hmm. know, early in the morning, we'll just open a channel. Uh, anyone that wants to jump on with their coffee, we just have a good little social. Mm -hmm. you know, we've done. We're doing games nights. Uh, we've got quite a few gamers in the organisation. Um, being a techie organisation, you might mm -hmm. expect that. Um, and we do quiz nights as well. So we've kept this kind of social stuff uh, uh, chugging along as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know, we yeah we've we've absolutely had no no. I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer of 
face-to-face contact yep. right so even with our clients you know no matter how, how no matter how big they are we, we we'd love to we, we like to meet them yeah um and so so i've personally missed that and i know some of the team have missed not seeing one another we mm-hmm. have definitely missed that you know you can't you can't we can't say that we haven't no um, uh, we've definitely missed that, but but now that things are easing up a bit, you know, our office our office is opening this week. Funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, so so we will do, you know, within within obviously guidelines and within safety guidelines, we will meet meet a little bit now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly our operations haven't 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 been affected, and we, we've helped a load of people, which has been great. Again, you know, we've helped clients uh, kind of beef up their platforms and things yeah. for, for the extra kind of traffic and extra staff. So we've been, yeah, we've been helping a lot of people. It hasn't, it hasn't affected us. If any, you know, I mean, we've just got busier and busier, really. It's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, that was all the questions from me. But I just wanted to say a massive thank you for, you know, firstly taking the time to join us on the podcast, um, and you know, like talking about your experience at Westminster, how, you know, that's led you to establish Jar and how that's kind of grown over the years and I'm sure any of our young entrepreneurs will have appreciated all the advice um, that you've given on the podcast I'm, I'm sure they'll have their notepads or whatever they use to take notes to make all those like you know take down those vital details that will help them you know navigate in the you know months and years ahead and who knows we might have one of them on the podcast one day telling us how they've heard your advice mm-hmm. and gone on to start their own business yeah. um, so no, I really appreciate it and thank you so much for taking the time no, thank thank you very much, Omar. And, and you know, I, I yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that we see you know a load you know a load of those people come through the university. I wish everyone the best of luck. And um, you know, I, I'm around if anyone wants to reach out. You know, I'm I'm, I'm more than more than willing to give advice or, or or help out in any way. But thank thanks for giving me the opportunity. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. What brilliant insights we have just had from Amir, Sheila and Money Mekala. And I think you will agree that our standing as a university of outstanding merit when it comes to entrepreneurship is well warranted. It's important to state that this is also supported by recognised sector standards. Although Sheila was probably too modest to say it, the Creative Enterprise Centre won the Higher Education Team Enterprise Award at the 2019 National Enterprise Educator Awards and goes to show that our efforts truly are meeting the expectations of students but surpassing them and being documented on a national level. Of course, as Sheila mentioned, if you would like to get in contact with the centre, please do contact cc-info at Westminster dot ac dot uk or alternatively drop us a message at impact dash podcast at westminster dot ac dot uk our podcast inbox from which we can forward you on to sheila there are so many ways that you are able to help on young entrepreneurs at westminster whether it is through mentoring or offering your connections to even philanthropic donations to challenges or scholarships that they run and one final note We are excited to expand and progress this podcast, so we would love to allow you the chance to put your stamp on this feature for the future. We're looking for a musical slash acoustic introduction created by an alum or student leading us into every episode we publish, effectively becoming part of our brand and synonymous with this very show. So if you or anyone that you know would like to have a chance to have your music promoted on an alumnus and a supporter-wide platform like this, 
get in contact again at our email inbox. It'll be so fantastic to make this podcast by and for the alumni, friends and supporters, and to allow you your voice on what and how we communicate our stories. Until then, we look forward to you joining us again soon. And don't forget to subscribe and share to stay up to date with all the news of the impact being made at the University of Westminster.